Welcome back to the Rocky Retirement Show. I'm your host, Kathy Klein, and today I have another guest host with me, and we're going to talk about the common myths about estate planning. But before I introduce my co-host, I wanted to tell you that this episode is brought to you by the Medicare Quick Step-by-Step Guide for Signing Up for Medicare. If you're signing up for Medicare for the first time, you probably know how confusing it can be. But this step-by-step guide is absolutely free. You don't even have to give us your email address. And it'll help you easily make the transition into Medicare. Go to MedicareQuick.com dot com slash checklist and you can get it and best of all I'm the founder of Medicare Quick and I love 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 helping people with their Medicare. Okay, back to the coast the co-host. <laughs> Try to say that as fast as you can ten times. Okay. This guest host retired from a biotech company in South San Francisco when he was in his mid fifties. And although he had a difficult first timing trying to adjust In the beginning, he was able to get through it. He started writing about the six stages of retirement. And you might already know who he is because he's been on the show a couple of times. Many people over the years asked him, how the heck were you able to retire so young? So he started a podcast called Retirement Journeys. Now that podcast is finished, but now he has a new podcast called Retire Hoppy, where his guests And he and his co-host talk about a retirement subject while sampling beer. And I'm proud to say I was a guest, (laughs) not a very good guest, but I was a guest on the show. He has been on the show in the past, and I'd like to welcome Ted Carr back to the show. Welcome. Oh, hi, Kathy. Thanks for having me back again. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I love this format, co-hosting, and um, the listener, if you like the the new format, or if you don't like it, go and let us know. Just go to podcast at rockyretirement.com, or you can go to the uh, the Facebook group. Just go to rockyretirement.com slash community. Let us know if you like this new format. So it's always a pleasure, Ted. I'm glad that we're doing this four series episode together. Yeah, no, this is great. It's a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, preparing for uh, being the co-host is, is kind of like being a substitute teacher where <laughs> you really have to... Uh, prepare in order to um, be able to have some credibility with your audience or your students as the case may be. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when I, um, when I do interviews, I don't have to prepare. I just, you know, ask questions. So it's a little bit, a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we're talking about estate planning today and uh, normally we don't talk a lot about financial issues on the show, but it is really important. My husband and I got an estate plan, I think nine nine years ago, shortly after we got married. What about you and your wife? Do you have one yeah. put together? Well, yeah, absolutely. And um, before before I get into that, I wanted to just sort of make a disclaimer to say that I'm not an attorney. Um, yeah, yeah, me I'm, neither. I'm, I'm not someone who's offering legal advice. Yeah, um, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm someone who has um, gone through the, the, the process and the experience, and I'm only sharing you know, our experience. Personal, and- right. Consult your tax advisor, your attorney, whatever. This information is not uh, yeah. specific legal so or I, financial advice. If I make any mistakes or misstatements, please have mercy on me because <laughs> I'm going to be saying to the best of my knowledge. That's right. We're just talking based on our experience. We're not yeah. trying to give anybody advice well, here. You know, the reason I think this is a, an important topic is um, it, it falls within the, the sphere or the scope of something, a term that I coin called strategic retirement planning. And 
you know, because when I was in, in the business world, you know, one of my early jobs involved taking the long-term view, having a long-range plan. And that's kind of the model that I've wrapped uh, my mind around with respect to retirement, is having a strategic plan. And you might say that, well, of course, having a budget is part of your strategic retirement plan. Also, having a, a financial plan, you know, where you're looking out at the, the horizon of your retirement. So having a financial plan and also, I think, having an estate plan is part of what I call strategic retirement planning. So it's important. I think you because- should have a social plan, too. Absolutely. Know what you're going to do. <laughs> I, and mine usually involves beer. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so the estate plan, I think, is one of the pillars of the, um, the strategic retirement planning concept. And one that I think is maybe misunderstood or one that is maybe uh, procrastinated over because it seems like something that you don't really need to draw your attention to um, until much later in your life. Well, you asked me if my wife and I had it. We, we did. We put our first estate plan together in 1998. Wow. Yeah. And it was just one of those things, like I said, we always had this sort of strategic um, approach to planning our retirement and we always wanted to be in control. And we'd seen examples where people had been in control. They'd left things to the end and something untoward, unexpected, tragic happens and their estate is a mess. So we never wanted to be in, in that position. So we went back to 1998. At that time, an individual could shelter only $600,000. Oh, things have changed. So there was a financial incentive at that time to avoid estate taxes. Fast forward to today through something, um, oh, I think there was an act in 2017 that increased the the amount to 11.18 million. Right, 22 million per couple. Per per couple. So So, let me ask you a personal question. So do you have an estate tax problem? (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, it's 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 more nuanced than just the big picture type. My of husband and I do not have twenty two million, uh, so we don't have an estate tax problem. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be a good problem to have, right? Yeah, no kidding. But we still have an estate plan. Yeah, no. It, but you see, the, what they're saying today, and I do agree with this, is it's it's not for uh, financial reasons. It's it's more for um, controlling how you want things to play out. It's more for personal protection and that satisfaction of knowing how things are going to be handled in the event of your demise. So yeah, it's very, very little emphasis on, on uh, uh, tax savings. Yeah. So if the listener doesn't have $22 million laying around, don't worry, the show will still be valid for you. (laughs) Please contact me afterwards. Yeah. If you have $22 million, (laughs) please contact me. (laughs) My address is podcast at rockyretirement.com. So when you when you and your husband put your estate plan together nine years ago, what what goes into the the estate plan? What 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 is it? Is it just one thing or is it a collection of things? Well, we met with our estate planning attorney and she talked to us about um not only about our assets, but also about what happens if you're incapacitated. Mm-hmm. We at the time some of my listeners may remember Mr. Grant. He was part of our estate plan because mm-hmm. nobody, you know, wants a bird that lives to be 85 years old mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. is very a naughty, naughty, naughty bird. <laughs> um, but, you know, so she talked to us about our pets. We now have two dogs. She talked to us about, um, I don't think she did a lot with Medi-Cal. Here in, San, here in California, the... Medi-Cal system isn't just for poor people. 
And so there are things that you can do to protect your estate if you need long-term care. Mm. Less than I don't need that. We have very good long-term care insurance that we that I purchased when I was uh, younger. Mm. And when I married him, I added him to my policy. So we don't really have to worry about that mm-hmm. too much. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there was a lot that went into it. So the Medicaid, Medi-Cal system, um, you know, how does your estate plan fit in with that if you're in a state mm-hmm. that that helps you out with long-term care, your long-term care. Do do you have insurance? Do you need it? Let's see. What else did she talk to me about? Of course, your, your assets, your house, mm-hmm. those kind of things. What have I, what am I missing? I can only speak for what uh, my wife and I did. Um, and back in August of 1998 was our first um, plan. And uh, we amended it multiple times. When we moved to Arizona, we reached We did it and we restated it in 2016. So we've, We've had a lot of experience over the years with um, with our our estate plan, and what it's composed of um, is we have a, a will, of course, and surprisingly, or I guess disturbingly, sixty percent of people do not have wills. Nothing like they didn't even write on a they, piece nothing, of paper. Nothing. So, you know, that's the ultimate of procrastination to not at least have a will, and having a will is a minimum requirement, you know, because it's. It's the vehicle that lets you disposition the assets that are in your name. That's right. Otherwise, your state gets to choose who's going to get your stuff. And that's that's not good. Um, but wills alone are not sufficient, at least in, in my opinion, because uh, if you have joint assets like we do, the, the will doesn't cover the joint assets. So a, a trust is what we establish is called the revocable trust, meaning we can we Change can it. And just uh, dissolve it. If, if we wish. So we have a will, a revocable trust. We have what's called um, durable health care power of attorney. Yes, that is so important. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You want people to know what your wishes but, are. And a living will. So it's a, it's a power of attorney and a living will, two separate things. The living will kind of talks about all those horrible things. Like, we have that. <laughs> what happens if you go, ah. But, you know, it, it's challenging. And, you know, one of the reasons I think we, we started doing all this way back in 1998 was there was a um, very widely publicized legal battle over the fate of this woman. You yes, I remember her. Karen Ann Quinlan. Oh, no, I'm thinking of somebody else. But she she ended up being a poster the, child for getting didn't your... want to let her die. And yeah, she there was one. Yeah, where the of a, of a year, this oh. poor woman only she she suffered for a whole year. And she died in 1985. So I, I still have that embedded in my brain, how much she suffered needlessly. So I think that was one of the spurs for my wife. To get it done. It was that we wanted to have this control and, and we want to be able to express our wishes if and when, you know, that time. You know, there's, there's also something called a POLST, a P-O-L-S-T. Right, right. And uh, usually you don't get one unless you're you have a terminal illness, mm-hmm. but your the living will, yeah, the living will mm-hmm. that is actually mm-hmm. not binding. Okay, mm-hmm. so so you can say I don't want to be kept on life support, or I do, but your family doesn't have to follow it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, it's yeah, yeah. it's like a document of this is what I want, right. but the pulse, the P O L S T, the doctor mm-hmm. has to follow that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when Les was diagnosed with cancer, because um, he's stage four, I mean I don't think mm-hmm. stage one, but he was offered the mm-hmm. pulse, and 
I don't know if this is everywhere in the United States, but here they're on pink or purple paper or something. Mm-hmm. And the doctor, the doctor keeps it. And then the doctor, if they don't follow it, they have to go before a review board and explain mm-hmm. why they didn't follow the polls. So that is more forceful mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. your other documents. Mm-hmm. I don't, I didn't know if you were aware of that. Well, I think we've heard of it. I do not believe we, we have it, but I have seen it online versions. You can actually get online versions of that document. Well, you wouldn't have it unless you're terminal, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. but still most of us it, don't. It, it causes you to think and, I think one of the things you, you, you kind of want to get this done and put it in a drawer and, and not worry about it. Right. Don't we want to do that with everything? Yes. Yeah, put it away. Don't worry. Like to put away. <laughs> right. <laughs> so the, the last document uh, was the durable power of attorney, which is more about you know, business and financial uh, things. And you, you, you know, that's something you would, you know, invoke if you are no longer able or willing to manage your financial affairs. So all those things taken together, including the document you refer to, that is estate planning and putting these together because it's a process. It's not something that you just go in and you, and you just, have to update it. Yeah. And, and we update it when we moved because laws are different in Arizona than California. I have a friend who moved from California to the East coast mm-hmm. and her plan was totally invalid. Like mm-hmm. it didn't work at right. all. Right. She had to right. spend another, I don't know, it was right. very pricey. Yeah. Yeah. And she was actually upset that she had to do all that. Yeah. She said that the the attorneys there said that her California plan was no good in yeah. Virginia or wherever she is now. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're in the billable hour business too, so keep that in mind. That's right. That is right. <laughs> and you know, they're all using templates. You know, well, it's all yeah. like a word doc and they just fill in the name, right? <laughs> well, we we did ours um, again in 2016 because the attorney we had been working with was just an individual and she retired. Mm. So we were left with, well, who do we get because we need an attorney? So we went with a bigger firm and uh, they said, well, we want to do things our way. So they basically restated it, which meant they redid it. That's how they all do it. You no know, attorney it, takes an old an old plan and yeah, updates it. Yeah, They're going to redo yeah. the whole thing. And, you know, there's some benefits in doing it. And I think one of the things that they emphasized that we hadn't before was more about what do you do about all you know, your digital life, you know, your passwords, your email addresses. So we actually included reference to that in the, in the new revised, restated uh, revocable trust document. My husband has my main password to last pass if i die he'll activate that mm-hmm. we have mm-hmm. it in a vault or something you know like in a safe yeah yeah so you know when people are listening to this and watching this and they're wondering oh, okay that's all well and good you know but i could wait till manana i don't need to do this right away um you know you if you get victimized or you're the you're a victim of a horrible thing you know there are custody issues with children right i mean that's right if you're not, if, if you're not planning the guardianship of your kids, you know, that's a big, big, big exposure. My, my sister who lives in Ohio and her husband named me and, and my wife as guardians of their kids if something happened to them. And I just thought that was just so responsible. Right. How old are they? Are they well, adults kids, now? Well, yeah, they are now. But when they did it, they were, they were minors. Of course. So, but we thought, yeah, I think that's good because then we say we've got this responsibility and we were aware of it. And so if it, something did happen, we were ready to, to jump in because we willingly uh, accepted you know, made that, it. Made that commitment. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something I think, again, this is individual to us maybe, but a lot of people I think would say it gives you peace of mind 
um, because you know it just you have a plan that represents your wishes. And you don't leave something to the chance, or like you said, like you said to the government. Let let them sort out your will. Yeah, because their government is there to help. Yeah, right. Take your money. <laughs> well, it's not just the money; it's the government. Things get tied up. Yeah, it takes a year. forever. Pro, probate is expensive and time consuming. It takes like two yeah. years. And everything's public. Right. You, are, you have yeah, people going through your underwear drawer. And well, public. think about the people could go and be looking to, to find, um, find you know, to make a claim on your estate or find some personal information. That public record makes your estate vulnerable. That's funny. We spend all our lives trying to be private and personal. And then when we die, everything's open to everybody. Yeah. I mean, anybody so that's why a trust is, I think, a better uh, privacy uh, vehicle than just having a will. Um, and also, you know, another thing is make sure your beneficiaries are current. You go through this process and you'll make sure that all of your accounts, whether the IRAs or Roth IRAs or 401ks, whatever, you'll make sure that you got your beneficiaries all lined up correctly. So that's a valuable. You know, I have to say, when I was a full-time financial planner, we used to check the beneficiaries on an annual basis whenever I would mm-hmm. do a review. You'd be surprised how many times. I mean, because we would check beneficiaries even of accounts we didn't manage mm-hmm. so many times their 401k plans you know didn't have a beneficiary attached and it's so easy i mean just check these things once a year because another thing people are like well i have my beneficiary set but what they don't realize is that these companies merge they're, they're constantly merging they're constantly mm-hmm. changing their computer systems right. and when right. that happens your beneficiary information could go out the window right. so exactly. ted's right you're right ted Check your beneficiaries. (laughs) Now you said for my wife. (laughs) She she said I was right. (laughs) Ted's right. (laughs) We're recording this, right? (laughs) That's right. You can have that. And every time she says you're wrong, you can play the recording. Ted's right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. So those are some of the things that um, are reasons why we went early into the world of um, establishing an estate plan and the trust and everything that goes with it. We've identified who we want to handle our affairs. We have our, our trustee and we have successor trustees. Hmm. Um, so it, it, again, everything is the way we want it to be done. We have things set up charitably and there are some tax benefits to running your charitable deductions through a trust whereby um, uh, assets like stocks that have appreciated they don't get subject to capital gains tax. So there is some additional money that can be made available for your um, the beneficiaries of any of your charitable. And our listeners can talk to their financial advisor or tax planner about all those benefits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, some of the reasons that were, were cited in, in this article that you and I reviewed, um, why people um, have sort of misconceptions about, about estates and estate planning is that they believe that the, a will can oversee the distribution of their assets. Uh, as we said earlier, the only thing a will has any control over are the assets in that person's name alone. If you have joint accounts or beneficiaries, the will has no power controlling how those are distributed. So mm. a will is not enough. It's a great first step. And my wife told me, keep it simple. If, if 60% of the people don't have wills. Start with you, a will. If you get at least somebody to get a will, you know, then this has been worth it. And there's also like, you can go to Office Depot, like they have fill in the blank will forms mm-hmm. um, in the state where I live. If you do something called a, and I'm not an attorney, this is my understanding, mm-hmm. the law could have changed, I don't know, but it's my understanding that if you 
do something called a holistic will where you write mm-hmm. it out completely in your mm-hmm. handwriting, no typing, uh-huh. no uh, your handwriting font, actually write it out. And that's legal, mm-hmm. I believe. Yes, it is. Um, but you don't necessarily want to do that. I mean, at least at the bare minimum, go get a form and fill in the blanks. I mean, I had a will when I was 18, one of these holistic wills. Mm-hmm. I, Kathy, you know, bequeath this to that person and blah, blah, blah. Of course, it's gotten more complicated. Yeah. <laughs> I have more stuff well, now. You know, one of one of the things, uh, and it's good that you have more stuff, by the way. No, it isn't. I know, I know. You're, We're you're trying to get we, rid of stuff. We need, we need less stuff. We I, have I, too I much from. stuff, yes. Well, you know... Um, one of the things that comes to mind, and I hadn't thought about this earlier, is you know, if, you, if you have a will, it's easy to change it. A trust is much more difficult. My father, as he was dying, got hoodwinked by a woman oh, no. who had befriended him. And he was, again, alone, and he had, had other issues. She got him to change his will the three days before he passed away. Oh, no. Right? So we're all sitting there going... And he didn't have a big estate, so it's not like we missed a $22 million, right? But it, it was but more still. the thought that she turned him against us psychologically. She she convinced him that we were only after the bigger funds he had, and we were not sincere, and we were terrible kids. And and that hurt more than than the, the fact that, you know, she got his uh, majority of his assets. It's right? hard to compete with someone who's sleeping in your bed. Right. So, I mean, let's again, face it. About a will versus a, a trust. She would have had a much more difficult time changing her hands trust. If, if, yeah, than a will. So that's just something from personal experience just popped in my head and said, oh, I had a bad experience. <laughs> hmm. well, yeah. I, I know that some people don't want to do a trust because they're afraid it's going to be a hassle to change it. And you're right, yeah. because they do yeah. have to go to the attorney and oh, no, no, no. you don't have to go to an attorney. I, I changed our trust at least five times and what i did because they they don't want you to have the um like the microsoft word version of the trust they use some (laughs) proprietary tool of course well i i found every section where i say i wanted to change to to my beneficiaries distribution you know and uh, they did and i found every place that was referenced in it and i typed Mm -hmm. it out in word i put it in word now this is not legal or financial advice uh it was something that was legit. Oh, cool. And we, we made these changes. And my wife and I went and had them notarized. And I, I had talked to an attorney. So I knew that I could make these amendments. And I, so you don't necessarily need an attorney. You just have to be um, willing. Savvy and go through the steps. To do it. But it's, so it, it's, I guess to me, it was easy. But maybe someone else would say, oh, look at all the work that, that guy did. What a pain. But it can't be changed. You don't need to go pay a lot of money, I guess. Well, that's good to and know. That's the point. I amended, I amended our estate plan a reputable trust five times. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But then one of the times you did go to an attorney and have it redone, right? That was that 2016? Twice, twice. We did it when we moved here to Arizona and then she retired. And then in 2016, we went to see a new attorney because we needed a new attorney. Right. And that's when she just, oh, it'll be a lot easier. Let's start over. Okay. And that was expensive. Let me tell you. I bet, was, I bet it would have been more expensive to try to amend the trust you already had. Yes, maybe. <laughs> because you'd have to go through it and read it and, you know, do yeah. all that. But yeah, but, it can be expensive. You know, I think we did it because, you know, one there's several instances where, you know, if you do have a trust, there are things that occur that it's probably a good thing to, uh, to have to review. One of them is moving, divorce, marriage, or retirement. 
Mm. So there's sort of these life events that, you know, if they've happened or are going to happen and you do have something set up, probably a good idea to, to, to call your attorney and just see if, you know, be um, prudent to, to make some changes. You know, one of the things that's kind of a hassle if you do have a trust is if you have a loan on your house and mm. or if you want to refinance a loan, you have to take it out of the trust and then and a lot of people forget to put their house back in the trust. Mm. You know, and so that's really important because usually normally normally your house is your biggest asset. Right, right. And so you would definitely if you if you have a trust, you definitely want that yeah. most likely in the trust. So it's in, our house is in our, our the, the name of the trust. Yeah, ours is too. Yeah. yeah. So and that, that's as much of you as you can. We put things in the name of the trust. Yeah, we we do too. I think even our cars, I think, are in the trust yeah. as well. Yeah. And um, and yeah. So let's see. Did we forget anything? Oh yeah. Some people think estate planning is for the super rich, and that's it. But that's not true. It, it's not. And the business hasn't dropped off as far as I know for lawyers with respect to estate planning, because they're able to, you know, convince people as we're sort of uh, in, into uh, um, saying, uh, suggesting is that it's now about controlling things and, and not for saving money, but it's the people that want to control their affairs, want to take care of their kids, uh, want to make sure that the, their wishes are carried out, that you can't, you can't be it in the estate plan. We can also control. protect, you can protect. Right your um your money from going mm -hmm. to your future ex son or daughter-in-law well yeah yeah. yeah so that and that happens you know well, you know, if you don't change the beneficiaries on some of these deals your iris that can happen yeah you know yeah. And, and and it definitely definitely can happen well in california inherited property is separate mm -hmm. it's separate property right but not before, all whatever you take before you get married that or, long. No, 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 yeah. no. Not just take before. Inherited. If you, let's say you've oh. been married for 25 years. Well, yeah, I have a friend who, yeah, he inherited something from his mom and it belongs to him. Yes, that is, mm -hmm. that's yeah. California. That's not all states, but that's, no, that's California. No. Unless you commingle it, which some people do. They'll take mm -hmm. their inheritance and put it in a joint checking account and then it, right. it's, it's then community. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. yeah, but I think for me, it's peace of mind. It's, it's knowing that even, you know, while we're living, if something happens, we've kind of can put things on autopilot. We know that things are going to unfold the way we wish them to while we're still with it. And then after we're gone, we know how things are going to be distributed according to our wishes. So the peace of mind and having this control, not leaving things to chance, not being a burden to uh, family members or anybody. You know, we, we just want to make sure that this is done. And we don't think about it. You know, we'll we see. don't dwell on it. It's done and we don't have to worry about it. One because you, about. you did it. You're a planner, okay, and that's why you were able to retire young, mm -hmm. because you're a planner. Right. Not right. everybody's a planner, so not everybody listening is going to do a whole estate plan. But Ted and I, we we both, if you don't have your will done, please just mm -hmm. get that done. You know, yeah. make that a priority. Get it done this week. Yeah. You never yeah. know what's going to happen. Yeah, you just don't. Yeah. That's the whole thing. Is you you. You think it's not going to happen, and the, the, the probability is it's not, but it's possible, and it's going to happen to someone, and there's always this thing, well, why me, and why not you? you know? So it's, it's best to just be ready for the, 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 the things that, are going to, that can happen to you out there, and that, that gives me some comfort. I'm sure it gives you some comfort, too. Hey, none of us are getting out of this world alive. As far as I know, the only person who, uh, you know, well, actually, even Jesus died. 
He just came back. We're all going to die. I thought you were going to say Elon Musk. Oh, yeah, Elon Musk. Why is has he is he not going to die? I think he's going to head to Mars and probably be in some sort of uh, suspended, <laughs> suspended you. animation, you know, <laughs> until he can figure out how he's going to clone himself. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not into that. I, I just want to live this this life. But yeah, so as far as I know, we're all going to die. So you might as well do a little bit of prep for it. And yeah. the that's the why main... I'm going to have a beard. <laughs> exactly, have a beard. But the main thing is, what if you don't die? Oh well. You know, what if you're, I mean, I do, I think of these things. What if you don't die? You want to make sure that your wishes are known. Oh Be- yeah, for sure. Cause I've talked to yeah. people both sides. Some people they're like, keep me alive as long as possible. Yeah. Put me oh, on yeah, every yeah. machine that exists. And then other people are like, oh no, 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 no. I don't, yeah. I don't want to be on a machine. So yeah, yeah. That, that's a great question. It goes back to the whole living will thing because um, our, our relative um, that we know, um, her husband had a stroke oh. and and it was sort of like quality of life. And, and he had issues before where he was essentially disabled. But he said, as long as I can eat chocolate cake and watch certain sports on TV. I'm good. And for me, it's like, well, what makes me me? What makes you you? And what is the acceptable quality of life? What compromises? What's the minimum? And it got me to thinking. And so that's when you go through this process because, you know, if you're in that state and someone else has to make the decision, the only way you communicate that is by having thought about right. it and written it down. And it's really not fair to make somebody else make that decision no, for you. That's no, a lot you, of stress and pressure. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, it's not a fun topic, but it's one that's challenging. And um, I think there's it's rewarding to um, have done it because it is one of those things you can tick off the retirement planning checklist and, and have it done as an accomplishment. And if you do it, you should feel good about it, you know. Yeah, I'm glad we did it. And I'm yeah. glad you did it. Absolutely. And uh, thanks so much for coming on the show to talk My pleasure. with me. And um, looking forward to our next yep. our next co-hosting session. Yep. Yes. Sounds good. Sounds thank good. You. Thanks so much. And John? for the listener, thank you. And yep. we will see you next time Bye. on Rocky Retirement. Oh, wait, I wanted to thank you again for listening to the Rocky Retirement Show. If you're a new listener, a good place to start is episode 116. This explains the six pillars of retirement lifestyle and our general philosophy. Episodes 1 through 236 can be thought of as an encyclopedia. These are topics that may or may not be interesting to you. You can listen to the ones that you're interested in and forget the rest until the issue becomes an issue for you. And that's okay. I actually don't recommend starting with episode one and working through until the most recent. That's actually not how the show was designed. Of course, if you want to do that so you can see how the show changed over time, you're welcome to. Now, starting in August... Actually, August 31st of 2020, we changed the format of the show. The monthly episodes starting with 237 follow a real retiree from her pre-announcement through her first year of retirement. There might be bonus episodes, but we're committed to monthly. If you've enjoyed any of our past shows or the show that you've just listened to and you want to support us, 
you can do so in any of the four ways. One, share this episode with a friend or family member who needs to hear it. This is the most important way that people find us. Since our audience is typically older, we grow by having our listeners share our episodes with others. Two, subscribe to or follow the show using whatever podcast catcher you're listening on right now. Now, if you're listening on your computer, you can listen on your smartphone by going to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I mean, I believe on all of them. If you can't find us on the podcast catcher that you'd like to use, send us a note on the website at rockyourretirement.com and we'll make sure that we get on your favorite podcast app. But basically, what you do is you download the app and then you search for the show and when you find it, you'll hit subscribe. Make sure it's the Rock Your Retirement Show and that you hear my voice when you listen. Um, Actually, there were some episodes where Henry Shapiro was a guest. Uh, we, We actually downloaded some of his episodes. So if you hear him, it's probably still the the same show. There were maybe 34 or 35 episodes back in the beginning that we hosted on our show uh, when he decided to leave podcasting. Number three, how you can support us is by leaving a review. Whatever podcast app you're listening to normally has the option of leaving a review, either a written review saying how great the show is or just with stars. Five stars is typically the best. And of course, we're shooting for those five-star reviews. And if you tell us why you like the show, what you liked about it, it's actually easier for other people to understand what the show's about. A lot of people, when they find our show, they think it's about money. And of course, by now, you know that it's not. Number four, if you'd like to support us financially, of course, we're always appreciative of that. Just go to rockyourretirement.com slash support and it will take you to our page where you can support us financially. Thanks again and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Bye!